righty, here we go. Another edition, episode 22 of Stick to Hockey Live, presented by Parks Sportsbook. Make sure you download the Parks Sportsbook app, get in on all of the action. Tone's Takes coming up today. He'll give you some great places to put your cash at the Parks Sportsbook and you can wager on live in-game betting. How about play-by-play betting? Uh, Same-game parlays, player performances, you name it. Traditional ways as well. Puck line, money line, whatever you want to do. Teasers. It's all there for you. First to score, exact score, you name it. You can get it at the Park Sportsbook app. Simple to use, simple to deposit, simple to withdraw all the things you need and all the, right in the palm of your hand. It's awesome. If you don't get up to uh, the Park Sportsbook on Street Road in Ben Salem, just get this Park Sportsbook app. It's so great and so easy to use. And new customers, if you sign up right now, deposit, you're going to get your first bet risk-free up to $500 and uh, no promo required. And make sure you follow Parks on all the social channels, at Parks Sportsbook on Twitter. Follow them on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook as well. All of our content is there. The Stick to Hockey Live podcast. Also, uh, the AGs podcast with Harry Mays, which has been a lot of fun. Harry tends to give out quite a few picks as well. And all the great stuff from Natalie and Sam and Matt Alba and Eddie Alvarez and Rich Gannon. The list goes on and on and on and on. Great content and daily specials and much more. So, again, follow on social media, at Park Sportsbook on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook as well. Now, we've got so much to get into in this episode. There's so much going on between the trade deadline still just over four weeks away. I guess, well, just under five weeks away. It's 32 days. It's the 21st of March. And there's a lot of noise out there right now. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the hit Nathan McKinnon on Nolan Patrick. We're going to get on the return of Jack Eichel and Mark Stone to LTIR. All kinds of stuff. And our guest, we'll get the Tones takes coming up uh, in a little bit, but our guest on this episode, you read his work. You read it at sportsology.com. You check him out on Twitter, at sportsology. It is the man, the myth, the legend, Russell Cohen. Russ, how we doing? Good, Jay. How are you? I was wondering if you were going to be wearing that hat I saw you were uh, wearing on Twitter. What was that all about? Uh, um, that was a... That was a bet. I bet Tara Sloan that um, Team USA would beat Canada, and they did not. So the loser had to wear the other country's colors. And so I had to look for stuff that had those colors, and that hat was a part of it. That's what you came up Where Did you go to, like, the thrift store to find that hat, or is that in no, the stock? No. I. Um, <laughs> all right. So the, the quick story on it is I used to have a, a great Pyrenees named Kaya. Kaya was oh one my, of I had the, a dog named Kaya. Okay. One she of the Rottweiler, but yeah, she, this one was a great Pyrenees. One of the um, bears from the Coca-Cola commercials back in the day were named Kaya. So we went and got, that's one of the Coca-Cola bear hats. We got it on like eBay because oh, I remember those. our dog was like a polar bear. She's no longer with us, but um, we've kept the hat. And so there you go. May your Kaya and my Kaya rest in peace. Cause mine yes. is no longer. Uh, she's been uh, gone for about 10 or 12 years now. Um, great dog, though. I love the name. Yeah, I never knew. Great, I, I never knew it. But when we my wife named her, this is before we were even married. And my roommate from college, one of my best friends, Derek uh, Wickman, said, you know what Kaya means? And I go, no. He goes, it means weed in Jamaican. Smoked oh, Kaya. I, didn't know that. I oh. had no idea. He's you like, so it. it's perfect. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, so, so much to get into here, Russ. But where I want to start, actually, is with the hit last night, the McKinnon hit on Nolan Patrick. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the NHL has done so much to take the headshot out of the game. But 
it's a flow sport. It's a physical sport. It's an emotional sport. How did you see the hit? I'm going to actually show it here for yeah, our streaming sure. audience while and, and like kind of give your opinion on it because, you know, I looked at it and I know some people are saying, and I don't know if they're kidding or, or not, but they're saying McKinnon should be suspended for the year. And no, I'm going, well, that's I mean, a little extreme. That's a little extreme, but it was a dirty hit. There's no question that when he gave this elbow, the elbow went up and, and hit him high in the head area. And then he went, of course, then he fell down because he's defenseless at that point and hits his head on the ice. I think he should have gotten more than just interference. But again, this is the NHL and there is a hierarchy and a class system. And McKinnon's one of the stars of the league. So he just gets an interference. I would hope after they look at this that they say, all right, he deserves a one game suspension at the very least. Yeah. See, I look at it and I go. He what he's he didn't go in, I think, intending to deliver a hit. Patrick gets rid of the puck and he's trying to just shove him off to get some room so he can go retreat and get that puck behind the goal down below the goal line. But he just comes up on you him. You could shove him in the chest. You don't have to sort of elbow him in the you know what I mean? It's not the elbow, it's yeah. more like a fist, but he got it up high. Like he just he didn't have to do it up high. Yeah, and he's and he's such a powerful skater. He really is. I mean, that, that's the explosion that comes from his legs. Like you look at it here, and it's almost as if I'm not going to blame Patrick because it's not his fault. But no. it's almost as if Patrick turns his chin to look at the puck, and that's when it catches. Well, him. he did turn a little. There's no question about it. Um, you could see that. But again, McKinnon's like a linebacker at this point. Yeah, he so he's a it, he does deserve. Individual. Yeah, he does deserve a suspension. Yeah, I, and you think, what, one game is appropriate here? I think one game because he doesn't have a big history. If you want to give him two, I'm not going to argue. Uh, you know, and you feel bad for Patrick because this is, again, something that's going to set him back. Yeah, and you, now you just wonder when it comes to Nolan Patrick again, how long is this going to – Right. Know, the, the head injuries, you know, it's so crazy. You look at some players and it's it's ended their careers. Like, look at Lindros, what it yeah. eventually did. Both Lindroses. Yeah, Brett Lindros as well. And then you look at a guy like Crosby who had that severe concussion. What was in 2011? Yeah. Bergeron, same thing that, you know, where he had significant and then they come back and they keep playing and they're okay. But uh, it's so scary because it can end somebody's career. Say what you will about Nolan Patrick and his time in Philadelphia, obviously incredibly underwhelming and disappointing Mm -hmm. as a number two overall pick, but um, best to him because it, it looked significant, the blow that he took. So very, but the hot takers on Twitter, like calm down. Like they're not going to suspend the guy they're for not. a year. It wasn't like he went out there and crossed and, and intended to do that. No, he didn't target him. No. And, and and the thing is, is like, I think people need to understand this is a flow sport. It is an emotion. And he's trying to wedge to get a path to the puck, to get that puck out of his yes. own. I don't, th- I don't know if there's not intent. I don't see how and, and Patrick definitely did turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's no where the question. puck's going. He turns his head, and boom, yeah. it catches him right on the kisser. Yep. Um, so best of Nolan Patrick. Uh, let's go to um, let's go to Las Vegas. What'd you think of Eichel's return? I mean, he looked okay. I mean, again, I don't. Again, played hockey in eleven months. <laughs> yeah, I mean, teams just don't send anybody on conditioning assignments anymore. I'm looking at you, Flyers, um, mm-hmm. but they didn't either, right? So now he's going to have to get into shape at the NHL level. I think it's remarkable that he's on the ice, but. Other than passing, I didn't see him take a great shot. I didn't see him play hard defense. Uh, he was, you know, Biz Nasty was a, a little overboard, and Rick Tockett kind of 
reeled him back in by saying he was awesome because he wasn't awesome. It was just great that he got on the ice, but he, you know, he didn't add that much to the game. I mean, yes, on the power play, you can move the puck a little, but I, I still don't think this will be the same Jack Eichel before the injury, at least not this season. I don't think it's possible. Yeah, because he doesn't have the runway of a training camp, training right. getting into the season. You know, he's coming off surgery. He hasn't been able to train properly uh, to, you know, prepare for the season in any way, shape, or form. H- how good do you think he is? Like, go back to his draft year coming out of BU. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's taken, obviously, number two overall in, in a really good top end of that draft. But how good did you think he was going to be heading into the NHL, and how much has he delivered on that? Oh, I thought he was going to be a star, and he's definitely a star. He He's delivered. I mean, he always had the right attitude, the right training. Uh, he he had the size, the speed, the skill, the willingness, all of that. IQ. The IQ. And, and he did deliver on all of it. Like, I think he was a top five at his position in the sport. I do. And I don't know if he'll get back to that now because the competition is just so fierce. But – I don't know if he'll be a point of game player anymore, but if even if he is a 70 point guy, that's, that's pretty, you know, you want that Jack Eichel on your team because he does everything else. So, yeah, but if I'm paying him what, what they're paying him, I know you got to be more than a point per game player. Don't you? Well, I mean, there's not that many of them in the league and you can't go by the salary anymore. Like this is, I'd like to be able to tell you more. This is so the unknown because this isn't MMA. You know, one MMA guy went back and he, you know, he was doing great. The other guy had to take more time off. Like, it's just, how do we know in three games he's not going to need a break? Yeah, and it's totally, have to... yeah, it's totally yeah. different than MMA. They yeah. play 82 games in a regular season. I know. MMA fighters fight once every six months, three I know. months maybe. I know, and I get that, you know, the way you get hit and everything is different. But this is going to be like a grind that we don't know what this neck will be able to handle. So like, I just, I'd like to be able to say more, but I, I still think there's the part of me that says after three, four or five games that, you know, they might have to give him a rest. We'll see. Did, were you of the mindset that he was a, a volatile guy to, to trade for considering what they were asking the contract, the, you know, the price, all of that stuff and the injury and the surgery that he had. Would well, you I mean, I, I scare you as a GM. No, I mean, I knew there would be risk. I would definitely trade for him because I, I, but again, it is uncharted territory. So I don't know um, how heavy I would have gone in as a GM, but I definitely would have been interested because he's still got everything else you want in a player. So, yeah, I mean, there's an element of risk with a lot of guys in hockey. So I think you, you would find most GMs would still want to do this and still want to get them. The money is a whole different thing. I don't think he'll ever earn that money. Like, yeah. you want to say he's worth that money? I don't know if we're ever going to be there now. Just because of the neck. Because of the neck. Before yeah. the neck, he was. It could limit him for the remainder of his career. We'll see. Just, and again, limiting him means he's he's a better than average player. He's probably still an all-star, but it's just not a superstar. Okay. Um, let me, because you just said something, you know, top five at his position. Who do you consider? I'm putting you on the spot here, big time. But yeah. you, you're quick. You're good. You talk hockey for a living. Who do you kind of have as the f- top five players in the NHL? As the skaters, no goalies. So skaters, just forwards no and D. I mean, like Hedman's in there for me for sure. Yeah, I would put, I would put Hedman in there. Uh, McDavid's in there. Mm-hmm. I, I would put. Um, I you think still I putting still, Crosby or Ovi in there. I'm putting Ovi in there. I, I guess I still have to put Crosby because. He in his last twenty now it's twenty one games he's got like sixteen point last sixteen games he has like twenty one points, 
So I, I think Crosby is still in there. So if I'm missing one. You look at uh, Marchand? No, I think it's going to be between. I think it's still going to be someone like Panarin. I think Panarin does not get mm. enough due. And what would the Rangers really be without Panarin? I think Kaprizov, you know, in a year or two could be in that list too. Yeah. He's getting uh, close to it. Only one defenseman we, we put in that list though. We yeah. I mean, look, I would there. put, and again, it's not the defenseman that I would give the Norris to this year, but we're kind of doing this as a whole and what a guy does as far as to take over a game. And I love Adam Fox, right? Yeah. But I can't tell you Adam Fox can take over a game like Hedman. I can tell you Adam Fox deserves the Norris this year because he's having a better year. But overall, Victor Hedman is still a force of nature. Yeah, I think he, I think Hedman might be the best. And Eckhart's almost player. a force of nature again, too. He is coming off serious injuries as well. Um, the thing about Hedman is like he he'll play 32 minutes if you want. Number yes. one, I, I think he's the he might be the best hockey player, complete hockey player on the planet right now because of the way he can control a game like as a team player he's not the greatest individual player but he is unbelievable uh let's talk about Giroux because Mm -hmm. things are you know there's starting to be some embers here Russ we're starting to see some smoke in regards to certain teams and you know you look obviously Colorado has been talked about ad nauseum at this point but you know Colorado doesn't have a first round pick so it's got to be for players you and I have gone back and forth via text you've seen some of the names that have been kind of thrown out there when it comes to Colorado, what would be fair compensation for Claude Giroux when you're talking about a rental uh, with Colorado? I know new hooks, the name, but Joe Sackick's yeah. not going to go there. I don't think you're not going to get new hook and you're, and apparently you're not going to get Byram. I mean, I do, I do a show with Kevin Allen and he basically said because of the salary, even getting half at retention, the return is not going to, it's going to be mitigated a little bit. I've put together, I would take, uh, Kaut and Hellison or Kaut and Barons. I want Kaut though. Do you want to pick in here too as a second or third? I mean, if it, it doesn't have to be because I'm going to get two players that, well, if I get, if I'm getting Kaut and, and, and um, Drew Hellison, then I'm, I'm getting two guys that conceivably Kaut could be in my lineup next year and Hellison maybe next year, possibly by the half season. Shit, they might need them by this, by next week. The way they're but going with injuries. To come out of college and sign, right? Yeah. You've got to make sure that he's willing to He's come the to defenseman, right? Yes, he's the defenseman. Uh, really good. I I don't think he's super offensive, but he gets points. He's like a more offensive Justin Braun. He is because he's, you know, when Braun was younger, he was a little faster. Hellison's obviously a lot faster because of the era. But he blocks shots. He moves the puck well. He does a lot of things well. He's very smart. Uh, he will get points just by being on the ice and making good passes and making smart plays. So the Flyers could use that. I also like Sean Barron's a lot, but he's years away, but he's super creative defenseman. But I think based on what the Flyers need, I think Kaut and, and Hellison would be a good payoff there because you would be getting two players you could insert in a lineup that way. That are close because, yeah. you know, get in the draft. I, I always say like GMs are like people go, they need to get all the picks that they can with whatever they trade off the deadline in the 23 draft. GMs are hesitant to do that because they may not be here right. <laughs> to, to reap right. the reward. It's why they don't draft goalies higher because yeah. goalies take traditionally have taken long and they go, well, I'm not going to get the fruits of that anyway. So I'll sign a guy. It's easier. It's more known. Yeah. I mean, Hellison could conceivably sign at the end of the season. You could get him in the A right away, see what you got, 
And if you feel like he's still on this progression, he just played in the Olympics, then, you know, hey, yeah, you might be able to get him in the lineup next year at some point. And then you got Cowd, who I know you can get in the lineup. I well, think here's, just- the, here's the thing with Hellison, though. What if he doesn't sign? You're trading for a guy's basically. Well, you have to know he's going to sign. You have to yeah. talk to his advisor and you have to know. Assurances. Yeah. Okay. Well, but um, it's better than Barron and, and Sample Ranta because Sample Ranta is like a one trick pony. Now, if you remember, Jeff Carter early with the Flyers was a one trick pony too with the one move, but then all of a sudden his game blossomed. After a couple seasons, he started to get better defensively. He started to get more creative offensively. Maybe he was just more comfortable. I don't see that for Ranta. I see him as a goal scoring type only who's not scoring enough and he's fast and he's big, but, and Baron, um, that's Morgan's brother, good offensively, really good puck mover can work the power play, but also can turn it over for you too. And, and don't love his defense. So that's why I would go for these two instead. Okay. What about, you know, a couple of the other teams that have been mentioned are Minnesota as a possible destination and St. Louis. Do you see anything that really piques your interest in in return from either of those teams? I mean, if I was going to go for Minnesota, you'd ask for Matt Boldy. You're probably not going to get Matt Boldy. But what if you said something else though? Yeah, if you if you could talk them into, um, let's say, if I'm going to send um, Giroux and Braun, right? Mm -hmm. Then maybe they would give you Boldy and and a first, and I would accept that. Because Boldy is a hell of a player. He is like nobody else that the Flyers have because not only is he big and fast, but he's also very good offensively, makes great passes, also has a really good shot, also will hit a little bit. Like he does all those other the banger, things. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I would I would go for Boldy big time. And it's possible they might be able to they might do it at that point because, you know, Boldy, you know hasn't been there long enough where they could say, well, he's definitely a part of our team. Now we need him. And then you're giving them two other pieces where Minnesota could really be a dangerous team. Then they already are. So yeah. that's a big thing. I'm going to go Florida instead of St. Louis, because I, I, I think, think there's, Florida too. I think there's a chance for Florida. And here's what I like from Florida. You know, they have Grigori Denisenko who has never really gotten a full chance there yet. He's only 21. This guy is fast. This guy is super skilled. He has a great shot. I think his game is more well-rounded than it used to be. And the Flyers do kind of need that guy with upside where you get him, you get him playing with the right person. You get all of a sudden you've got a creative, fast scorer that, you know, is a higher end talent if it hits than some of the guys you have now. And I think right now, I think that's the kind of guy you get. And then, Give me a first and give me someone like Lucas Carlson, who he's low in salary. I think they could part with him and he's a good shot blocker, a good puck mover. He's only 24. Even if he is a bottom pairing guy, he's got talent, but also he's, you know, you can manage him in the cap and mm-hmm. you get a defenseman that you could plug right in. And then Denisenko, you know, he's with Charlotte right now. I think he, I think he has 18 points in 30 games. Uh, let him play out the year in the A. You know, you bring him up maybe at the end of the year and then fit him into your system and start working with him because there's still a lot there for that kid. And go with that or go with Owen Tippett because Owen Tippett hasn't gotten a full shot there. But I would prefer Denisenko because of the um, the higher skill. Tippett's got the better shot. And Tippett's skating is finally NHL. 
quality, but mm -hmm. I still would go Denisenko more. Plus, I'd love to hear Coatsy have to say his name all the time. Oh, yeah, it would be great. <laughs> and, and Lou, and Lou. Lou yeah. saying it for the first time would be fun. Um, but, yeah, I don't think I don't think St. Louis is much. I mean, look, you could get Scott Perinovich, and then that would be tremendous, right? Yeah. But, again, um, I just – I don't know. I, I think – we know he wants to go to Colorado. Like Kevin Allen basically said on the show yesterday on the Buzzcast that I know Giroux loves Colorado. Like he said it like that. He's so, being recruited basically to go there. By so basically, guy. if he knows this, if, if Kevin is saying that he really well, actually, that's what he said. He said, I really I, I really like Giroux to Colorado. I hear he really likes it. You know, he's hearing stuff, obviously. And yeah. and that's probably even coming from the Giroux side somewhere. So I think that's still your best option. Now, if you want one off the board, I mean, again, if you wanted to go and trade him to the Rangers as a rental, I mean, you could go Lundqvist and Kratzoff. You could try and get those two. And guys. not Henrik Lundqvist. No, this is Nils Lundqvist. Uh, very good Swedish defenseman, excellent skater. I don't know how high his offensive side's going to be, but his defensive side will come around. It's not quite there yet. And that's why the Rangers have been sort of using them in and out of the lineup because they have other guys, they have other options, but he's really good and he's really smart. And, and then you got Kratzoff, who's basically, they don't want him. There's something with Chris Drury and him. It didn't work out. He's scoring goals in the KHL. He was a little immature as a person for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that'll, that'll work all its way out. But if you want to talk about a guy who has everything high skill, plays defense. He has all these things. You, he just has to be put in a position where, Hey, he likes the team. He likes the situation. Let's see what he can do because this guy could be a first line talent. If he puts it all together. Is that also putting into effect the in division tax? Well, <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, I think you would have Bobby Clark saying, I don't like it. And then I think you would have to have the other Who traded Lindros to New York. But I think at that point, I was at that press conference. That was the weirdest press conference I was ever uh -huh. at in my life in New York. But I also think that was out of desperation. Like, he had to move him. Yeah. And I think he was just moving him anywhere where he could just get a decent package because it had just reached the end point. They're not at that point with Giroux, right? But I think at the end of the day, how much can you control of it? And anyhow, remember the Mark Streit thing? You could yeah. trade him somewhere else, and they could still trade him to the Rangers. Yep. So you still might want to think about it based on the, the caliber of prospects that you could get from the Rangers. Would it strike go to Tampa and then Pittsburgh? Yes. <laughs> and everybody it, got all ticked off that he was on Pittsburgh, you know? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was flipped right away. It was like, an yeah, immediate immediately. Thing. Yeah. Well, I guess you could technically say you didn't trade him to the Rangers then. Yeah. You but you know, the whole thing, I, I, I give my co-host Rachel Donna credit on locked on flyers podcast. She, she figured out a couple days ago that, Hey, Giroux's getting close to that 1,000th game. And, and yeah. so she looked up when it was, and it's March, like the 18th. March 17th. 17th, yeah. And then, no, you know, and then you got a, and then you got a, and my dad's birthday. And then you got a game in Philly a day or two later. And then you got the trade deadline. So he can get his crystal stick and then he'll get traded. And but well, at the least game, the game on the 17th is at home. Oh, that one's at home. Okay. Yeah. It's against Nashville. Originally, he had missed one game, or they changed the schedule. Originally, it was going to be the Montreal game. Which That's right. Kidding. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you got it. You got that home game, and then you can worry about trading it after, and it'll be a nice moment for him. And 
And again, because of his salary, the longer you wait, the better it is for a team anyhow yep. because of the cap hit. And so, you know, you could see that happening. So that's yeah. what's that's what's going to happen for sure. Yeah, I, I get this that feeling as well. It's kind of like Wayne Simmons. His last game was the stadium series and yes. everybody knew it. Everybody. The whole world knew it. You remember the locker room after the game? Yes. Everybody was oh, getting yeah. I mean, he was like giving fist bumps and hugs to everybody. Yes. Because he knew, he knew that was his last game. I, I don't know if a deal was in place. I imagine it was. And, I imagine it was too. But you, you did. You got the good sense for that. And But this is an important time right now for the Flyers because, look, they're not winning on the ice. You're mm-hmm. not seeing great development. They're adding pieces for development and management. But we have to see those in action. Even like as an example for Danny Briere, um, I think it's great that he was sent to Colorado. But was he sent there with prior knowledge of the guys that he was looking at? Did he look at them extensively, like film wise, before he went there, or was he just sent to go there and see who he likes? And then he still got to report back. And now you got to have a whole roundtable discussion based on what Danny saw and what everybody else knows, like Brent and the group, like. It's a lot to put on Danny to just unless he literally is just an extra set. Like if it's just like, hey, yeah, just another opinion. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's I think fine. They're, they're they're doing their due diligence scouting wise prior to him going. And it, it was another set of eyes on, you know, at the location to see players in yeah. person. If and I want to give you one other dark horse because um, Dallas spent an awful lot of time scouting before the All-Star break um, in Philly. And as much as Colorado was there, Dallas was there too. And so I think for one of the minor deals, you could see something for Dallas. And not Michael Raffle coming back because we spoke to him and he's happy in Dallas. So he, he's not coming back. But what if, what if Klingberg was amenable to coming to Philly, right? Let's say, let's say Philly knows they can't re-sign Ristolainen, so they're going to trade him. And maybe Klingberg's amenable to come into Philly. Well, then maybe you can trade – yeah, and extending, maybe you could trade for Klingberg. And and so that's something where if you could do that, then maybe Dallas is looking for somebody like Konechny or Lawton, somebody like that, and you work out a deal from that. I still think there's something possi- there's a possibility of something like that. Klingberg's going to cost you a lot of money in long term because that's been the hang yes. up in Dallas in his in his negotiation uh, with Jim Nill. So, but the Flyers need a number one power play guy. They don't have it. Yeah, and I mean. Provorov's not really it. No, n- not really. He's not a n- number two power play guy. <laughs> he's not a power well, he could play be, player. He could be the number two guy. Let's be fair. Well, I mean, if you're healthy, he's not because you're going right. to go with Ryan Ellis and, and Klingberg. And then your right, right side is Ellis, Klingberg, and whoever yep. your third pair right side guy is going to be. It's not going to be Cam York no. playing the right side, playing the offside. No. So, But you can find that person. You yes. can find a third pairing right side oh, yeah. guy. I- I'm intrigued by Klingberg. Um, and obviously there's a lot of offensive upside to his game and he's a guy that, you know, your team won't sink if Ellis goes out for a pronounced period of time because you have Klingberg, right? That would be probably your number one, isn't he? Yeah. He'd be the number one. And then Ellis Ellis. wouldn't even have, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think as far as your number one on the ice, yes. Ellis number one on the power play might be Klingberg. Yeah, what would cling so Ellis would be your top pair, more your shutdown guy because he's yeah. better defensively. Yeah, and then Klingberg on a second pair, boy, he'd be lethal yeah. on the second pair. Yeah, that's where you would have him. And then you have him with with a guy like Sandheim too. That yep. would be very interesting to me. Yeah, and and Sandheim has gotten better defensively this year. I think he, um, I think he learned a lot with um, with Risto there. I do because now yeah. 
since his defense got better, if you noticed lately, his offense is starting to come out. Like he's starting to take a few more chances. He's more confident when he's heading into the offensive zone. Look, we know Klingberg doesn't play great defense. I don't think he's as bad as like a Yandel on defense now. No, so, no he's definitely not. not Yandel's many a pylon. Are. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, this would be a significant move if they could get it done and they could fit in his number. You know, again, it probably requires sending JVR to Arizona somehow, and you might have to give a pick to do that. Um, they're out of seconds, but maybe if when they trade Risto and if they could trade Risto for multiple picks, then one of those picks you send with JVR to get rid of them so you have the cap space. Like that's, you know, they're going to have to do that. So JVR would get to go out there and play in that beautiful new collegiate stadium. It's uh, the Sun Devils. 3,200 seats, maybe 4,000. Oh, my God. Let's talk about that, Russ, because I imagine a lot of players and owners in the NHL are pretty pissed off. Oh, yeah. What's taking place out there. A team that has gotten chance after chance. It's just not working. Defaulted on their arena deal, not paying bills. It's embarrassing. Now they're going to play in this tiny stadium and – I mean, the revenue is going to take a huge hit. I think the team should, frankly, be removed from revenue sharing because they screwed this up six ways to Sunday as well. They should. They should. You know, we kind of were getting the feeling something was going to happen when Gary was like, well, behind closed doors, I was we were hearing that it's hard to move a team. Like, so all of a sudden it's like, okay, so maybe they're not going to move them right now. So what are they going to do in the interim? And and I did hear that, hey, the ice was still available at the old Coyotes place, uh, whatever they're calling that rink now. I forget, you know, they, and I, the name escapes me, but they didn't go there. They went with this ASU thing and it still could be just a one year thing and they buy their way out and end up moving or it could go all three years and they string along the Tempe thing like a grift. Not the NHL, but the owners. Yeah. Because I heard from the, from the, from in that area, from somebody that works in construction, that the board, which is right now against the Tempe deal because there's problems with the airport, there's problems um, with the landfill. The landfill um, is the one thing that Arizona says, hey, we're going to be privately funding everything, but we want you to take care of the environmental. And, and that's very costly. There's someone in my family that knows all about that and it's very costly. So that does get, goes to the taxpayers and the taxpayers know it now. They're not going to fall for this. Like, Hey, it's all privately funded. And so there's a group out there trying to get them to, to, to vote. No, if they even come to a vote. And, and so what I heard is, is that the board there may not even be thrilled with the group there, the current wow. group that's so, but again, it doesn't mean they can't change their mind, but right now, you know, these are the things you hear. So it's like, they're not even close to voting on it. They're not even close. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is I've always said this, that managers like great managers or great bosses in any profession. One trait they all have is they're not afraid that when they made a mistake to fix it as quick as possible, not keep doubling down on it. Yeah. Gary keeps doubling down on this stupid Arizona market. He does. I mean, I'm not even mentioning the crap they put on the ice year after year for the most part. And it's right? going to be worse next year if they tra- trade Chickering. Yeah, which I think the league should almost block them from they doing. They should, but apparently they could do whatever they want. So Yeah, so I, I don't know what the deal is. It's almost like you go, man, they must have pictures of somebody, right? <laughs> no, like, it's what? just that TV market. They just, they're just riding. 
it, it, the dream is there anybody was, watching out there? Yeah, apparently, but I don't know how high they are. I still don't think they're in the top five of NHL viewing markets. I know in, in oh, the country, no. I know in the country based on people they are, but it doesn't mean it's ever going to mean anything because there's a lot of older people there too, and it's a mix. And it's all transplants. Yeah, it's a mix. And I just I look at it and I say. I don't understand it. You move this team enough times around the state. It hasn't worked out in a long time. The team on the ice stinks. It's worse than an expansion team. It's only getting worse. Yes, there's a million picks, but these guys are going to take time to develop. What are we, what are you doing here? And I'm sure owners are not happy, but at this point they just got their money from, from Seattle. So they're going to keep, they're going to pipe down for a little while and they're going to hope that this Tempe thing goes through. But if it doesn't go through, if we start hearing like a year from now that it's that it's shaky, like all of a sudden we're here next year and it's shaky, then I think there's a real problem. And Here's what the league should do: they should buy the team back and put it out to auction. To yeah, and, and they don't you know, just and move that, it; put it to right. auction. Owners will get on board with that. You know why? Because they'll get paid again. Right. It, there is a possibility that the league would take back the team at some point, and maybe they'll do that if the Tempe deal is not going to happen. Maybe then yeah. that'll happen. Yeah, because you're going to see teams like Seattle and Vegas, if they just move the team, you'd be like, what's going on here? We just paid a right. gazillion dollars to bring a team in. And they're just going to move to a market now? And some, like Quebec's going to get a team without having to pay what we paid? Yeah, and I'm not buying the intimate experience. We know it's going to be expensive tickets. It's on a college campus. And you know, my thing was, even if you go to New Jersey, right, you know maybe the team isn't great, although they're getting a little better. But when you walk into the Rock, they have a beautiful rotunda, and it is a nice place. Once you're in there, it's really a nice rink. Yeah. And you're not going to get that in this place. It's all going to yeah. be, you know, I don't even think they have real seats. It looked like it was all like college bench, bench uh, you know, yeah. me as who is a 50 year old guy is going to go in there. If you're a season ticket holder and you're even in your thirties to forties, do you want to sit on a bench no. all game? If you're 18, sure. Why not? If you could afford it, but yeah, nobody's going to want to sit on a bench. Yeah. I mean, it's cool to see NHL players in a small building. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but that is not going to get me there. It's like and the other hockeyville. Okay. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, you know, you look at it and you go, you know, like the San Diego Chargers played in that small soccer stadium for a year when they moved to L.A. And it was cool. It was, you know, like 35,000 people. The Eagles actually went out there and played a minute. Yeah. But that was for a year. And this team has screwed this up so many ways that it's unbelievable. All right, Russ, thanks, man. I know you got to run right, at Sportsology on Twitter, Sportsology.com. Appreciate it. All right, see ya. There he is, Russ Cohen, joining us on Stick to Hockey Live. Great stuff there on uh, the destinations for Drew and much more. Um, so we appreciate Russ jumping on as always love getting him and getting his insight and prospect knowledge and all that great stuff. But, uh, every Thursday we do a little something here on uh stick to hockey live. It's presented by park Sportsbook, And this is where we tell you where to put your money at and a little something we call tones tape. There's the dramatic open for Tone's takes. What's going on, Tone? What's up, Jason? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, so much going on in the NHL. It's crazy. It seems like interesting like time of the year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Who's yep. who's going to grab who? Who's going to jump up and get better odds and and futures and all that stuff? But uh, 
What'd you think of that McKinnon hit on Nolan Patrick last night? That's the big talking point today. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got him head first. I mean, hopefully for Patrick's sake, he's he's okay. You know, the concussion history that you know that he has. But um, yeah, I mean, kind of kind of a dirty hit, but you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I don't think he had the intent. And Patrick right. kind of turns his head and just catches him bad. He's going to get a game or so. But, um, you know, a lot of people on social media want him banned from the sport for a calendar year or something. That's, <laughs> no, I, there's I don't no think... drama on social, social media. No, never. <laughs> it's like scorched earth or total elation. There's no in between. Uh, <laughs> um, let's get to your let's get to some plays here. Tone State, your contributor on dimers.com. Oddschecker.com, flashpicks.com, and you can follow Tone on at Tone's Takes on Twitter and get the free plays every day. Uh, you're, you got a good record here, Tone, plus 28.75 in the NHL overall, year to date, plus 27.16 units. Last week you went one and one, uh, but let's get to some uh, some action here. And you like Buffalo? Buffalo? Who are they yeah. playing? Sisters of the Poor? <laughs> playing Ottawa at home. Same thing. Uh, Ottawa, yeah, <laughs> Ottawa is still missing some offensive players. Uh, Norris and Batherson are still out. Shabbat's out now. Murray got hurt the other night. Uh, it looks like it's either going to be Forsberg or Gustafson going tonight. Uh, I like the way Buffalo's top line is playing. Skinner, Olsen, and Tuck um, scoring a ton of goals lately. Um, I'm going to go with a little alt line here. Played a minus one at plus 133. Uh, the money line, I think, is 127, but just something that I like to do a lot doing these minus one lines. I hit it with Edmonton against the Kings at plus one seventy a couple nights ago. Ooh, and last nice. night last night I had the Avalanche minus one, uh plus one twenty and I hit that. So um yeah, I'm gonna go with that, give it a little bit of value in this game. I just like the the way the Sabres have been playing. So do, do you I always say I stay away from puck lines. People are like, Oh, do you like a minus two and a half puck? And I go, I get nervous with the puck no. line because of two things. One, like the goal off the rump. You know, which is an unintended score, if you will. And then the other right. one is empty netters. Always have killed me in those regards. Yeah, I never play. My, not, not even the one and a half someone play. I'll do these minus ones because I think they're, you know, they provide some value. But the one and a half, no, I hate playing one and a half. So I think I've only done it once, like ever. Like, it's not something yeah. I usually like to do, you know. I, I, I prefer, like I said, I prefer these minus ones. They're a little bit safer. So, well, love it. Uh, let's talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Chicago game. What do you like here? Uh, I like Columbus at plus one twenty-five. I think this line is way too much to lay on on Chicago. They have rookie uh, Soderblom going in net, and he has two starts this year: uh, four point two three goals against and a point eight eight one save percentage. Uh, Columbus has been decent on the road at eleven and thirteen. I think they could, you know, they've been scoring goals. I mean, defensively, yeah, um, they stink, but. Um, Merch Lake is confirmed tonight, and that's an advantage for them in goal. So I'll take the uh, plus money price on the Blue Jackets. Way too much. Uh, that line's too too inflated for the Blackhawks. Why the hell are they giving the the Blackhawks so much love here? I don't get it at all. The Patrick Kane thing. So I guess some I guess the you know some of the books they see Patrick Kane and you know you know how it is with hockey. Sometimes it doesn't get the attention as other as other sports. So you can kind yep. of find some, some you find the flaws. You find stuff. the flaws. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's why you exploit it. The other thing is, too, I love your logic here, too. The goaltending of Merzlikens versus Soderblom is a huge difference to me. So I love the way you handicap that one. Uh, let's yeah. talk about a player prop here you like. You like uh, Matthews over four and a half shots on goal. 
Yeah, over four and a half shots on goal, plus 120. Uh, it's not a number I usually like to go to, um, but he's been he's been hitting it. He averages 4.55 shots per game. Uh, he set this in his last three home games. Uh, they had two games against Pittsburgh earlier this season. He had shot totals of, of six and five. Uh, it's the game that the Leafs kind of want to want to win, kind of put their stamp on the Eastern Conference a little bit. It's a big matchup. Uh, I think Matthews is going to be uh, is going to be heavily involved in this game tonight. Yeah, I, I was listening to 32 Thoughts, and Elliot Friedman was saying that he was hoping that Crosby would hold off on getting 500 because they have the game tonight. But it was the the 500th game, the the chance for him to score his 500th goal against the Flyers, who he scored more goals against than any other opponent in his yeah. career. How about 50 against the Flyers, 500 for his career? 10% of his goals have come against the Flyers. That's insane. Yeah, and guess who cashed the goal prop that night? Is that right? Yeah. Hey, I don't hate on you. Yeah, you got I, I didn't do it. I, did, I was going to do it against the Devils on Sunday. But I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm going to wait and play the Flyers next. And if he doesn't get it on Sunday against the Devils, I'm definitely going against the Flyers. And voila, first period. Yeah. Well, that's the way to cash. Uh, again, get tone, all Tones picks. You can get them uh, on Twitter at Tones Takes. Also, a contributor at Dimers.com, OddsChecker.com, and FlashPicks.com. Tone, as always, man, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. There he is. Tones takes on another edition of Stick to Hockey Live presented by Parks Sportsbook. Boy, that was like a cathartic episode because I just I feel like we covered a lot of ground. And again, the McKinnon hit on Nolan Patrick. Yeah, I don't like the hit because I don't like like the head contact, but I don't think there was intent there by Nathan McKinnon to go after his head. I think it's a situation where Nolan Patrick is turning his head left to track that puck as it goes down low. McKinnon's looking to just buy a little space to go back and get that puck. And it's an unfortunate event. Now he's going to get suspended and he still should, but he shouldn't be suspended for the rest of the season. I think that's a little dramatic and a little reactionary. And that's unfortunately, that's what social media does. We see those scorched earth takes and, when, when it's called a take, it's not an opinion. It's a take. And that to me, that's a take. That's a little out of control. And I, I don't think you look at McKinnon and go, uh, he's a guy, a predatory player. He's physical. He's a big, strong guy, obviously. And he will demolish people sometimes because he's so fast, so big, so strong. But I don't think there was ill will intended uh, on Nolan Patrick's head in that situation. But best of Nolan Patrick because the head injuries that he suffered is – Awful. And who knows what the effect of this one's going to be. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, but that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Park Sportsbook Presents. Stick to Hockey Live. Make sure you download the Park Sportsbook app and get in on the action. Easy deposit methods, fast payouts, local company. You know you can trust them. And it's so simple. All you do is download the app uh, on the App Store on either uh, your Android or your Apple phone. And just open up an account, deposit, and your first bet risk-free up to $500. And, again, you don't have to put any promo code in. It's real simple. You can go with any of those uh, three plays that Tone just mentioned for your first bet risk-free up to $500. Buffalo minus one at plus 133. Columbus Blue Jackets at plus 125 against Chicago. Or Matthews over four and a half shots on goal at plus 120. All of them, get them all in the Park Sportsbook app. And uh, it's easy to simple to use. And make sure you follow Parks on all the different social channels at Park Sportsbook on Twitter. Uh, follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as well. And we'll be back Monday for another brand new episode of Park Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live. Flyers will be back in action 
They're in action tonight, and then they're in action Monday afternoon at 3 o'clock, President's Day matinee special against Carolina. So we'll have a, a show for you leading into that game coming up on Monday as well. So everybody, have a great couple of days. Enjoy your hockey. We'll talk to you coming up on the next Park Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live. Have a great day.